I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends. Dad and I never, ever do sequels to episodes of Loose Ends because Loose Ends is a spin-off podcast where we're allowed to talk about whatever we like. But last week... Something very odd happened. In Loose Ends, we strayed into actual true crime. I know, it doesn't happen very often in our spin-off podcasts, but there's been a very, very tragic case in Sydney that Dad touched upon in passing towards the end of the episode. It involved the deaths of two girls, Azra Abdullah Aseli, age 24, and Amal Abdullah Aseli, age 23. They were sisters. They were found dead in Sydney. It's unbelievably tragic. It's incredibly mysterious and the whole thing had people speculating and then the day we released the episode more revelations came to light so we thought we would do a quick follow-up just so that we weren't sort of speculating wildly just to kind of clear things up and try to piece together exactly what happened based on what is in the news because this is all over the news now dad this article came out a couple of days ago saturday actually at 6 a.m and this was in the guardian Two Saudi sisters found dead in their beds in Sydney last month lived reclusive lives over years in Australia. The women had few friends, almost no visitors, and would only leave the house here and there, according to a former landlord. Guardian Australia has confirmed Azra and Amal were asylum seekers. Each had an active claim for asylum ongoing with the Department of Home Affairs and had engaged with settlement services providers in Sydney. The nature of their claim for asylum, their basis for seeking protection, is not known. But the women do not appear to have been a part of any Saudi dissident networks. They had almost no social media profile, online presence, or photographs in the public domain. So, they were found dead in their beds in Canterbury on the 7th of June. And about seven weeks after their bodies were found, the police basically asked the public if they had any information, saying they weren't able to figure out the cause of the the two women's deaths. Now, they arrived in Sydney in Australia in 2017, and they lived in a place at Fairfield. Then they moved across to the unit in Canterbury, and no one really has much information about them. But Dad, you were the one who sort of broke this story to me and to the listeners last week. What are your thoughts on this as it develops? Well, Paul, I've been trawling the the news. Mm-hmm. I Let's just say, Paul, we have a lot of people that get in touch with us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we like... Like the police, you get tips, you get information, quite often anonymous, mm-hmm. but you need to go through everything thoroughly. And I've received various, you know, snippets of information about this particular case. 
and I look at the veracity of the information I and I get a sense as to whether or not it sounds right. Okay. And you and I had already hypothesized on the only three methods of how these two sisters passed. And we said it was either a double suicide. Yeah. A murder suicide. Yeah. Where which means one of the sisters killed the other, then killed herself, or a double murder. They're the three choices. We can discount death by natural causes. Uh because of their age. And because there's two the odds of the two of them dying are the natural odds. causes. Yeah. I guess you know, you've got that famous case of the mother mm-hmm. who lost I believe they believe she murdered four children and that's a big case in Australia at the moment where they're looking at, you know, sort of re establishing a new trial. Even though the mathematical probabilities are almost infinitesimal, the funny thing, Paul, in life is that you know, weird things happen. But let's just stick with the three. I think they're the most obvious. And we've now learned that they were seeking refugee asylum. status, asylum seeker status. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing a lot of reading. And now, whenever these things happen, this is a particularly interesting case in that it, it has been reported in many countries around the world. We're talking South America, Europe, America, United Kingdom, uh, even on the African continent. And the great thing about doing deep research, I think it's always good to just never ever just look at the local press because you get snippets of information, then you get to tie things together. And what I've been able to glean is that, and this is, I'm just reporting this as part of the the overall story, but... If you could cite kind of roughly, because I found the only place I was able to find quote-unquote new information was in an article from the Daily Mail and I refuse to use them as a primary source. So mm. I just want to make sure that you're not quoting the Daily Mail. Okay, well, um, did you read that article, did you? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I'm not sure about that, but um, I've gleaned through some um, media outlets that the girls did come from a fairly um, influential family. Yes, I actually did see that. So from the Guardian piece, the landlord said the sister's mother had visited previously and that she had not liked Australia, leaving after only a brief stay. They had never heard the sisters discuss their father. Okay, Mm. that's interesting. And I know that um, Detective Inspector Allcroft, who was dealing with the case, uh, was uh, in touch with the family at some point. So, But also, Paul, the sisters lived in another suburb of Sydney and an apprehended violence order was taken out on the... The boyfriend of one of the girls okay and then they they moved so and you know it's interesting also that there there were concerns for welfare previously mm-hmm. and one of the things i've gleaned from this interesting story is that and we're just putting sort of theories out there based mm-hmm. on the information available and also taking into consideration the overall you know environment 
and the fact that they were seeking asylum. If, if I was seeking asylum, particularly from that country or a country with that human rights record, I would be very, very uh, nervous. Uh, the, I've, I've also heard, Paul, that they basically almost sort of escaped from Saudi Arabia via Hong Kong. Have you heard that? No. Yeah, no. so I've been able to glean that information. Now, here's something very um, interesting in my opinion. That is that the police on two previous occasions were called to the apartment because there was food that the girls had ordered, but they had not touched the food. It was left outside the apartment. And I would surmise from that information, taking into consideration the entirety of this story, that there may well have been fears from the two girls that someone was trying to poison them. That is a, a theory that I believe. And the police, when they went to the apartment, when the girls were alive, they found it, the girls were extremely, extremely reluctant and very scared to let the police into their apartment. And the information I've been able to glean is that when the police went into the apartment to check on their welfare, which as a police officer, when, when I was in the New South Wales Police Force, we did so many of these concern for welfares. Nine times out of ten, everything was okay. However, occasionally you would go to a concern for welfare and the person or persons behind the door may well have been deceased through suicide and, of course, uh, murder and also murder-suicide. So I'm very, very much aware and in tune of of how the police operate in these cases. And the landlord said that they were really, really, they were great. They kept to themselves. But there are some little kind of snippets of information also that I've been able to glean that I find interesting. One of them is that they drove a black BMW. And one of the sisters used to go to a store very close by three or four times a day to get coffee and energy drinks. However, when it came to using uh, or acquiring fuel from that same establishment, they would only ever get petrol at night time. I think that's quite interesting. And I've also learned that both girls had registered ABN numbers. And an ABN number in Australia means that you are operating some type of business. And then only in the last hour or so, I found out that they worked for, you know, these um, traffic control groups. I take it they have them in Melbourne. You know, mm. the, the, and it's generally, would you not agree, in fact, pretty well all the time, it's it's young-ish women. Is that the same in Melbourne? Oh, yeah, yeah. We are kind of going past roadworks yeah. and there's, yeah. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. Okay, okay. And apparently that's what these two girls did. So that could um, tie in with the ABN in that they were an autonomous sort of business within themselves and they sort of subcontract their work out to these, these companies. Perhaps that's yeah. how they work. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. When you go back to the... Saudi Arabian connection, the fact that they've sought asylum, the fact that they're keeping a very, very low profile, almost zero um, social media, and you then look at the fact that the mother came out here, I would hypothesise at this juncture that the mother came out here to plead with the girls to come come home. Yeah, and I've also read that they renounced Islam. That I'm not sure about, but um, but I think we just need to take the whole all the information. 
I mean, it's look, it's tricky when one of the primary sources that's speculating over the weekend because our our news sources basically stopped talking about this on Saturday and Sunday. Mm. Um, And one of the main sources that speculated was uh, the Daily Mail, which is kind of racist and a bit Islamophobic and and a bit of a nightmare as far as papers goes. So I take any speculation on their part with a grain of salt. I'd be very curious to hear. First of all, I'd like to add, listeners, this is nobody's business. Um, We're not trying to pry. The fact is that two women were found under mysterious circumstances and the news articles that came out last week were fairly um, inconclusive in their findings and also there's just a great deal of concern for the fact that two young women died under mysterious circumstances were left there for a month and mm. people and want to, you yeah. know, we want to... Yeah. No, I agree, Paul. But also um, I can say mm. to you and the listeners that the bodies will not be repatriated to Saudi Arabia. Really? They will not be. Why, why, now, why do you say that? Because I, I, I've heard and it's not in any of the press, Okay. I've I've received a little bit of information. Could be um, speculation, but yeah. No, it's not speculation. Um, the bodies will not be repatriated. Um, they will be um, buried or cremated in Australia. And at this juncture, I'd just like to say that I would like to basically speculate based on the information we have at this stage that I believe that this particular case is, I believe that both sisters um, made a pact and and took their own lives. I don't believe there's anything nefarious or suspicious. I certainly don't believe that there was, there was certainly no, from what I can glean, based on the information available, there was no forced entry. Uh, and the fact that they were so badly decomposed. The police are waiting for toxicology reports. And it's a delicate and sad case. And, you know, I mean, it's difficult. I guess it's like saying, you know how you talk about certain countries. Um, it's very easy to brand a, a country in its entirety in one sentence, yeah. you know, sweeping statements. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's and we, we try not to do that, Paul. Um, but, you know, conversely, one needs to look at the overall story, which is what you and I do. I mean, it's yes, it's it's very tricky because um, Saudi Arabia's human rights record is nightmarish and um, that part of the world does not... There's a lot of bad shit going on over there and people turn a blind eye because, um, you know, many countries rely on their resources, especially now with the Ukraine thing happening. And so there's a lot of kind of tiptoeing around stuff. But that this isn't about that. This is about the tragic waste of life. Which oh, happened. terrible. And, and, and think about, um, Paul, do you, and you will recall, and probably the listeners, it's a long, long time ago I mentioned this, but do you recall... When I was in the New South Wales Fire Brigades and I went to that job in Manly opposite where we used to live uh, and the young fainting. Japanese guy jumped out of from yes. a 10-storey building and I sat yes. with him mm. and I found that medal on his chest yeah. that those Irish backpackers had weirdly thrown out a St. Christopher mm-hmm. medal and it landed on his chest mm-hmm. and that the entirety of that particular case, and I know because I was involved in it, was that 
he had been told by his family he had to come back to Japan and he didn't want to. And he jumped out of a building. Mm. Open and shut. And I believe that these two girls had pressure put on them to come back to Saudi Arabia. We can um, hypothesise as to the reasons. Uh, my, I'm putting it out there. My gut feeling is that it was um, for marriage and they thought, you know what? We're not going to go back. We're never going to go back. Even if we do go back, we can't be assured of, of our safety um, because we also know factually that in some countries they do terrible things to women. You know, they do all sorts of yeah. fucking like acid in the face. If you shame your family, like it's... F- they don't, look, this, is, this actually happens. It's very It real. happens. So we're, yeah. we're not sort of making up this... Mm. We're not sort of going all crazy with these zany ideas. These things happen. And imagine the shit that happens in the world that we don't hear about. It, you couldn't... They'd have to have newspapers, you know, the thickness of sort of encyclopedias and the news would be running constantly on just doom and gloom and it's just fucked. So, you know, when police go to an incident, they obviously use prior knowledge and experience to to look at something and go, you know what? And you can then discount theories. But I'm putting it out there. That's why we're doing this thing today, Paul, because, mm. you know, everyone wants to know the story. Um, my, my, my theory, there's something sad and distressing going on in that they clearly didn't want to go back. Yeah. They have sought asylum. That's not a, it's not a sort of a thing. And and they were living a very quiet life and keeping a very low profile. Was their application turned down? Do we know? I don't know. Because that would, I mean, that would definitely... Well, that's a very, very good point, Paul. And it's, that's, I certainly haven't read that. But that's a very, very... Could that have been the trigger? I don't know. I don't know. I don't uh, know. I just, I feel, I feel so terrible for them. Because the fact is, everyone has people that love them. And every, this is just a tragic waste of life. The fact um, that, you know... We have had in the last few years, and this is a, this is a um, stated fact... Yep. ...from a very reliable source that in Australia, mm-hmm. we have got 80 Saudi women that have sought asylum due to domestic violence right. in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Okay. Having said that, domestic violence is not a phenomenon of the Middle East. Oh, God, no. Because it's it's really bad. And I uh, and in relation to domestic violence, it's just... It, it makes me feel really, really terribly sad and upset. And you don't just have to be physically violent... With domestic violence it can be mental it can be emotional it, it's just it's very very upsetting it's a major problem and you know if these two girls had decided never to go back to saudi arabia then in my opinion the family would have disowned them well i mean statistically in 2021 Almost two in five recorded murders were related to family and domestic violence. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's horrifying. Yep. So I guess we all now just wait for the toxicology reports if they're going to be released. Um, the, the Saudi embassy in Australia have, have you know, they're, they're sort of helping in, in 
whatever way they can the um, the New South Wales Police, mm-hmm. and you know they're they're the conduit. Um, and I think we've sort of I think we've said quite a bit about this sort of dancing around, you know the. Um, the possibilities. Will we ever get to finally hear definitively what happened? I don't know because we never really fully appreciate and understand the subtle and delicate things that are happening at different levels behind this particular case. It's The, the world is... is we're, we're, we're on a tightrope on, so on so many levels and, you know, we're not privy. And I guess that's one of the problems um about you know source information yeah uh, what what can be uh, can be gleaned um you know really accurate but i think uh, we're on the right the right track and i'm i'm glad we did this um this episode at this point burwood detectives has set up a strike force to investigate the deaths mm. and if you have any more information you can contact burwood police station on 02974584998 or you can call crime stoppers on 1-800-333-000 typically speaking we don't respond to active cases and we don't tend to cover things that are happening right now looking at true crime through this lens i mean when dad's talking about the things that he went through as a police officer this that stuff happened back in the 80s and 90s you know that's decades decades ago And when we're talking about famous true crime cases that happened across Australia at specific places throughout, specifically the Shadow Files, we are dealing with stuff, again, that happened a while ago. This is happening right now. We're not going to labor the point. We just thought it was interesting that, you know, Dad touched on a very strange crime story at the tail end of last week. And then the next day, it kind of blew up. And it's very tragic and very strange and it could be indicative of something bigger and worse that is happening and it involves women and women the world over are already in trouble so we wanted to kind of just you know touch base with this story keep you informed do a little bit of digging but not kind of take liberties if that makes sense so we hope this episode has been helpful and informative i know a lot of you have been reaching out on the facebook page over at facebook.com forward slash loose units and checking in on this story because a lot of you are very curious. So we wanted to sort of respond, even though we are not authorities on the subject and everything we say should be taken with a grain of salt in this department. So, well, that's all the time we have for this special episode of Loose Units. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Once again, uh, those numbers, uh, if you want to rewind and have a listen, you can call them and give any help if you have any tips or whatever. But otherwise, just you know, be good to each other. If you want to reach out, hit us up on Facebook and we will see you very soon for more loose units. Bye everyone. Bye bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.